Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. Happy Valentine's Day, SWAF Nation. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by my beautiful boyfriend forever, <laughs> Luke Owen. Hello, SWAF Nation, and a hello to you, my hetero life mate, Oliver <laughs> Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Oh that's well, it. that's it. That's all you're going to get. <laughs> We're going to crack on into this show. Big packed show of magazine uh, for you today, looking at the biggest news from the week, which is those reported WrestleMania plans that have changed. Previously, we know it's going to be The Fiend versus Roman, but that might not be the case anymore because Goldberg is a ratings draw. Then we're going to be talking about uh, another big WrestleTalk announcement for our uh, live show, which we'll talk more about in the outro of this podcast. And we've got Becky Lynch and her contract dispute. And then we're diving into your big old mailbag. So here is the show. Versus Cena in 2020 at WrestleMania 36, six WrestleManias after their WrestleMania 30 encounter. Here's what's going on. So, WrestleVotes tweeted out off the strength of the Goldberg SmackDown segment. Which he, he wasn't even there for. Wasn't even there for. It was a pre taped thing to set up <coughs> the Fiend match at Saudi Arabia. It did 400,000 viewers more than SmackDown at its highest. Yeah, because Goldberg is a draw. Huge draw. Vince sees this and is presumably like, well, we should probably do some more stuff with it. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we should use this guy more on our show. Maybe we should put him in an actual program as opposed to a one-week build to a Dolph Ziggler match at, at SummerSlam, as much as I love that match. Yeah. And it's funny as well because this came off the back of some speculation stuff that, that Meltzer was doing earlier in the week when they announced this match. And he said, it's interesting because really Goldberg versus Reigns is a way bigger marquee match than Reigns versus Fiend for the title. And as far as, uh, as, far as Meltzer is saying in, in The Observer, 
it is still penciled to be Reigns versus Fiend for the title. But Melton was just saying, like, it is interesting, though, that it is a more interesting marquee match. Like, that would sell more pay-per-view buys or network subscriptions than Fiend Reigns. Battle of the Spears. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many moving parts to this. Go back to the Royal Rumble. Ten days before the Royal Rumble, Roman Reigns was slotted in to win that match. He would then go on to face the Fiend at WrestleMania. That was the plan. But WWE changed that, so Drew McIntyre won, and the Royal Rumble was just an extended Raw segment. And it was great. And it set up the Brock Lesnar title match. So all of these SmackDown plans do seem to be a bit in flux. We had the Elimination Chamber leak come out earlier this week, which had the Chamber match, which Baron Corbin was in, uh, Bobby Roode, yep. Roman Reigns. Braun Strowman. <coughs> Apparently... Those are subject to change. That, that is just an advertised, locally advertised lineup to sell tickets. Yeah. Because Baron Corbin's a draw, right? That's where the money is. But the big thing is Roman Reigns is in there. The plan is he'll win that. That's how you set up the Fiend match. But then the Goldberg thing happens. A couple of days after the Goldberg rating success, WWE backstage announced John Cena is going to be returning to SmackDown on the 28th of February episode, which is the day after Saudi Arabia. Yes. The day before AEW Revolution. Yeah, and Cena has said in interviews, I am free at WrestleMania weekend this year. He lives in the area. Yeah. And Dave Meltzer and a few other sites have confirmed WWE are going to let John do what he wants. If he wants to wrestle fantastic, he can wrestle a match. Cena coming back so early in the relative WrestleMania build, before Elimination Chamber, says to me he's going to set up a match. 100% he's wrestling at the show. I've got, I've got to believe, like Parappa the Rapper, I've got to believe that he's wrestling at that show. So now we're in a scenario where WrestleVotes has tweeted, the plan at the moment is for Reigns to, to face The Fiend for the Blue Universal title at WrestleMania, just like has been the plan before, and Cena potentially going against Goldberg. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a huge marquee huge match. match. However, those, that combination could change yeah. to become Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, like you said, huge marquee match. Spear, Battle of the Spears. Yep. I love the... I mean, you've, you'll have three people doing Spears on that show <laughs> with Edge as well. Yeah. I love that as a match. Yeah. I think... Roman Reigns can beat Goldberg. Goldberg doesn't lose anything. I don't feel like Reigns is being shoved down my throat. That's a perfect use of them. Yeah, and you've got to look at the, the difficulty they've set themselves up here booking that Goldberg-Fiend match, which is Goldberg's whole deal is he doesn't sell, and that's also the Fiend's gimmick, but the difference is that you're <coughs> then meant to sell each other. So, like, Goldberg doesn't sell, but his opponent does sell. The Fiend doesn't sell and his opponent does sell. What you've got now is just two people who don't sell things not selling things. That's a New Japan match. <laughs> That's Minoru Suzuki. Bloody indie wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> but on the flip side of that, that means it opens up John Cena versus Bray Wyatt. I am so in... I cannot believe I'm so into that idea. Yeah. Because think of the build. Think of John Cena and Firefly Funhouse, the promo work there. The Fiend destroying this symbol of hustle, loyalty and respect. The character work, the promo work that can be done between both men. And most importantly for me, I've been saying it forever, and I've been saying it mostly within the context of The Undertaker, that Bray Wyatt should start going after all those 
big time WWE legends that beat him back when he was just simply Bray Wyatt of the Wyatt family. And shouldn't have won. Yes. And one of those, the first one, the most important one, is John Cena. We just reviewed Elimination Chamber 2014 on Patreon. Please go over, become a pledge hammer. You can listen to our, what, three hour review it, of that it's show? It's about a three hour review, yeah. And it had the excellent match, first time ever, the Wyatt family versus the Shield in a six man tag. Excellent match. Bray Wyatt wins, pins Roman Reigns. Pins Reigns? Pins Reigns. And it feels like, oh my God, Bray is the future of this company. And just a month and a bit later, we realized it was all just to feed John Cena his latest opponent. Yep, that's, that's all it was. It was like he beat Brian at Rumble, he beat Reigns at Elimination Chamber, also he could just so he could lose to Cena. Like that you build him up so he can lose to Cena. And so I, Bray and The Fiend and this whole idea of revenge, all the stuff that motivates his character, that's got to be the biggest sore point for him. And I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I would be super invested in that match because John Cena is on his 16th world title at the moment. It's going after that. It's number 17, the elusive number 17. Yeah, so does that tie the record? No, that beats, that beats, that beats the... Ric Flair's fictional record. So that is, I mean, there is, that's like a New Japan level of look at all this stuff that has aligned that we can inform the build of this match. Yeah, it's the Tanahashi uh, G1 uh, a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah, and it, it is actually a very interesting prospect because, yeah, <coughs> Fiend, well, sorry, Bray Wyatt should never have lost to Cena at WrestleMania 30. It really, really derailed a lot of his momentum. And then I don't think he ever really recovered from it. Also, The Fiend is at his most interesting when he has stories that are built around previous Bray Wyatt's Fuse that yeah. then sort of like fuel the, the Fiend fire going into the matches. So them doing a WrestleMania rematch of The Fiend and John Cena six years on from their last WrestleMania encounter is a way more interesting prospect than Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns with Roman beating him and Fiend versus Goldberg. And, and I'm way more into Fiend versus Cena than I am Goldberg versus Reigns, or, you know, it's sort of like all these combination stuff. You, you have sold me on this. Yeah. I am way more interested in that match, particularly because The Fiend can get that win. And look at what could potentially be the top three men's matches on the card. You've got Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. Hopefully Drew McIntyre wins. Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. The right result there is, is Roman Reigns winning. I nearly said Goldberg, because I love the guy. <laughs> and then also Bray Wyatt versus John Cena, for me, you've got to have The Fiend winning. 100% The Fiend's got to win there. That is how you use legend part-timers to get over your next crop of talent. Yeah, and you can then move your plans for Roman Reigns to conquer The Fiend to SummerSlam. Perfect. And you've got, you've got the nostalgia match already. You've got Edge versus Randy Orton. That's that box ticked. But this is... WrestleMania in previous years has always leaned on the big star versus the big star. Yeah. WrestleMania 36 could be a great time of rebuilding and they need it. And th that's what Raw's been about the last week, the last month. And it's been the best period of Raw I think I've ever seen. Well, since, you know, working at WrestleTalk and, and doing this part of the job. You know, it was the uh, something year anniversary of the Festival of Friendship. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Owens, uh, yeah. Owens tweeted about it. Why is my name on here? <laughs> <coughs> Still one of my favorite segments yeah. of all time. 
So you could have WrestleMania 36 to actually reset the main event here of WWE. Particularly on the SmackDown side of things as yeah. well, which is in desperate need of it because SmackDown has been, it's the only bad wrestling show at the moment. Yeah. Like in terms of like your major products, it's the only bad show. Raw's amazing, NXT is great, AEW's great. SmackDown's a bad show. And it's been consistently bad week on week. And it needs something to refreshen it up. And actually having Cena and Goldberg building these big matches and building up these, this, you know, these stars moving forward could be the boost that it needs. You've got to think that's happening. There's also, uh, around the same time as all this news breaking, WrestleZone has reported that Undertaker will be facing AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Yeah, which is obviously a Raw program. Well, um, I think AJ's been out for a bit. Move AJ to SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, it's not the worst idea in the world. Undertaker, for me, feels like a SmackDown yeah, guy. Yeah, totally. SmackDown just feels like gutted well, of talent. But we also said that about it. <coughs> yeah, fair enough. But Randy Orton feels like a Raw guy. <laughs> I don't know, you've got... Raw is so good. You don't need any more on that show. No, you don't. Like Angel Garza, Shayna Baszler, Becky Lynch, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte, that Drew McIntyre, Ricochet, Brock Lesnar. Raw's just fine. <laughs> yeah, look, so, Goldberg, John Cena... Roman Reigns, The, the Fiend, Undertaker. The Undertaker, AJ, AJ Styles. Styles. That's SmackDown. Yeah. You, know, you, you, gotta, you gotta address this balance because Fox paid a lot of money for that. Uh, yeah. For Ronda Rousey. For Ronda Rousey, for all those people who aren't there but anymore. But Stephanie's, it's okay because Stephanie said quite recently, no, she's coming back okay, she's <laughs> coming back. It's gonna happen. With Corey Graves also on his podcast going, yeah, it's definitely happening, yeah. sooner rather than later. Um, so let us know what you think of that idea down below. Maybe people hate The Fiend versus Cena because they just think Cena's gonna win. Cena wins LOL. Yeah. It, I mean, I don't think, I'm so fascinated by this Fiend Goldberg match. Because it's a, like mm. someone tweeted me, uh, I think it was last week or the other, whenever it was, it was in, maybe it was in this week, saying, it's a match that doesn't make any sense because Goldberg and Bray don't have any history. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a Saudi Arabia match. Like yeah. it's, it's not, it doesn't have to have history. This is literally just a marquee thing. And I'd imagine it was just, a marquee thing. My prediction for it, spoilers when we do our prediction video, was that Goldberg wins via DQ. So neither man loses, Bray gets to keep the title and just move on. But it doesn't matter. Like you could pull that face, this yeah, face. Yeah, well, but, oh, but you know what, it's yeah. in Saudi Arabia, it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. But the ratings bump for Goldberg is a significant part of this story now. Like that ratings bump does change the dynamic somewhat. Knowing how Vince is with ratings and with you know, leading into WrestleMania, could he put the title back onto Goldberg? Well, just like they did with Kevin Owens and Fastlane before the Brock Lesnar match exactly. at WrestleMania 33. Yeah, that WrestleMania match was supposed to be Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho for the Universal Championship, but they were like, actually, you no, know, Goldberg's hotter. We'll put the title on Goldberg and him and Lesnar can have a fight for the title instead. Uh-uh, it'll be Goldberg Reigns. Reigns beats Goldberg for the title. Well, there's, that's the other, that's what I was going to say. Oh, you, no, there's a bad version of this. That's what I was going to, that's what I said. Sorry, I just I put my foot down on my microphone. I thought it might have made a horrible noise. But so I, <coughs> my point was going to be that you have Goldberg win at Saudi Arabia and then you do Fiend versus Cena in just a straight match and you do Goldberg Reigns for the title. Reigns wins the Elimination Chamber and he finally gets his crowning moment by beating Goldberg. No, 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 no. I, 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 uh, I had my thing. I was in such a happy place, and now you've put this all on the table. Dude, it's the, I mean, just saying. Show's over. <laughs> we can't put this out now.
It might happen. We said it in the. We're putting it the, out into the universe. This, you know, Vince, what gets all these ideas from us? I know. Christ even the bad ones. Anyway. Talking of ratings, should we do some NXT AEW chat? It's ratings, man. Um, hallelujah, it's ratings war. So, both shows down <laughs> this week, but one was more significant than the other. Ooh. So, AEW won out the week with 817,000, while NXT got its 757,000. But that AEW number is down 12%. That is more than 100,000 viewers l fewer than the previous week. Which Lowest rate in all year, I think, for them. Yeah, it is. And that, so that was clearly a lot of people tuning in for that strap stipulation. So, you know, that old school mentality clearly does work. Like, I, we, I've been making fun of that stipulation, being like, God, it's so, so hokey, it's so carny, it's so this, that, and the other. Kinky. And kinky. It's a proven rating straw. I'm so wrong on that one. And this week, even though they had a big week planned, they had tagged, tag team title match, the women's title match, they had Moxley versus um, Santana, it didn't draw as well as the previous week. Meltzer points out in The Observer, like when he's breaking down the quarter ratings, it is notable that Jericho wasn't really on the show, Cody wasn't really mm. on the show, Moxley was in the main event, but it <laughs> is almost the same match that he had the week previous. Yeah, yeah. So, and also apparently the lead-in was down, so leader was ironically pain and gain. Um, <laughs> um, but he said that might have had something to do with it. Whereas NXT had all the interest from the previous week's episode with Charlotte Flair going there, and that's really sort of maintained into the following week, whereas that's not what AEW had. NXT had the TakeOver. It's the go-home show. go-home show for TakeOver, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, what can you do? You know, AEW put on a fantastic show. They promoted the stuff in advance. I just... It, no one's at fault here. It's just viewership's down. I don't know if there was any big competition uh, from other sporting events in that demographic. I don't know. But uh, interestingly as well, NXT was up 9% in the 18 to 49 demo as well. Um, the all important. Yeah, to uh, a 0.24, whereas a a a AEW averaged a 0.3, which is down 17% from the previous week. <coughs> well, I've got to say, AEW are in the weird position of now competing with themselves. Because I look at those numbers and I think... Even though AEW won, that's an NXT victory in my head. Oh, well, yeah, I completely yeah. agree, yeah. Oh, interesting stuff. What about the, uh, the stories you might have missed this week? So we got, yeah, so our favourite stories from the mm. week. Do you want to do yours first? Because well, I, I feel like I've just talked a lot during that segment. Well, it's only WrestleTalk's big news. That's right, <gasps> from the voyage to WrestleMania. And we've got announcements galore. Out the I, wazoo. I know what you're probably thinking. Ugh. WrestleTalk loves to make these big announcements, 500k, <laughs> and then doesn't really follow up on them. Yeah. Well, this time, because those were the old days where, you it, know. It was just us. It was just us, and we did not have the infrastructure to deliver what we wanted to. But now there's loads of us. Yeah. Uh, so There's more white guys than ever. Yeah. But Adam has hair, and he doesn't. <laughs> Does he have a beard? Oh. I mean, I literally saw him yesterday, and I've forgotten. Does Adam Blondier have a beard? I honestly don't know. I'm gonna say yes, but it's kind of a moustache, not a full thing. What are you gonna say if you had to guess? I'm gonna check a thumbnail. I, I think it's, yeah, almost like a five o'clock shadow sort. It's not a pronounced beard, but there is a no, hint I think of beard there. I think it's full. Come on, YouTube. Let's go to the fantasy booking video. This, is what, people, this is what people are Is it on the next see. page? If people are still watching now... You should have gone to the clips. You should have gone to Vinny's mm. channel. Plastered all over it. Well, get 
do it, have a thumbs up party while I'm looking. It's a very interesting, um, <laughs> we were actually, we're very interested in Vinny's channel uh, and sort of seeing how well uh, videos do on there. And um, he had Adam's uh, fantasy booking warfare go up there, which did really, really well. But he also had Ollie's go up there, which did very, very poorly. He's kind of. <laughs> it was like 200 views compared to 220,000. Uh, yeah, he does have a beard. I would class that a beard. Okay, cool. Well, that's settled. So here's here's the latest <laughs> big announcement. It was Laurie announced it on his news earlier today, uh, which has a lot more details on all the whole WrestleMania SmackDown changes stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so go and watch that as well. But we are going to put on a live wrestling show. Oh, yeah. <coughs> We're not going to start a wrestling promotion. No. It's a very important distinction. Key to this this is not WrestleTalk Professional Wrestling, it's WrestleTalk Presents. So we'll have a platform for loads of fantastic British indies to put on matches. Yeah. So we've got NGW, we've got WrestleGate. WrestleGate, of course, is where uh, the Hangman Page pack match was. And we kind of Newman wrestles there a lot. Uh, there's Pro Wrestling Soul, which mm. is a, a London promotion. We've got, who else have we got? There's so many great promotions. Frontline, Will Ospreay's promotion, yeah. which we partnered with last year. Wrestleverse, which is a new sort of comedy thing. So it'll be a load of different styles. We've always said our dream wrestling card would have like almost a completely different style in every match. So hopefully this is something we can create. We've got Rampage. Oh, Rampage, star of the WrestleTalk merch advert. Robbie X. One of the greatest uh, high flyers in this country. Honestly, he's so good. I just, I'm baffled how he doesn't have a bigger name worldwide. He's starting to get Rev Pro, like a Rev Pro profile. So hopefully that will boost his name, but he is phenomenal. One of the most Incredible things like it, it just as a conversation. <coughs> I, I heard Robbie once have it was at a WrestleGate show a couple of years uh, last year. Um, me and Laurie were just sort of chatting away, and we were just, you know, with Robbie. And he was talking about how, um, you know, people do the one hand handspring elbow uh, against the ropes and, and you sort of go back and do the a cutter or something. He was like, Yeah, now what I'm currently working on is a no hand handspring. <laughs> I think, and, and then we saw it in New Japan a couple of months <laughs> yeah. later, but. He's, he's insanely good. Yeah. Um, we've got Adam Maxted, of course, former Love Island star. What a o sexy man. Also star of the WrestleTalk merch advert. Lucas Steele, mm. who is, uh, you know, another up-and-comer. He's current very what? young. He's huge. Yeah. But yeah, he's currently working for All Japan Wrestling. He's making a great name for himself over there. The OJMO, we've been told to pronounce the individual letters, yeah. not Ojmo. Even though everyone calls him Ojmo. He is such a good seller. He's one of the most exciting talents in the country, too. And... Not just English guys, or British guys, I guess, if you include Maxted, but we've also got a New Japan person, John Moxley's tag partner, Shota Imino. Umino. Umino. <laughs> yeah, Shota Umino. Umino. Shota Umino. So that's very exciting. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. But not only that, before all the actual cool wrestling kicks off, we're going to be doing a live podcast as well uh, beforehand yeah. uh, with all five of us. Yeah, we'll all be up there. So there's a... Uh, yeah, more white guys than you can handle. It's on um, Monday, March 16th. It's in Great Portland Street, London. So it's a central venue. Central London it venue. It is. It takes me 25 minutes to get home, door to door from that venue. Beautiful. Uh, and yeah, so we're going to be doing the, the live podcast from 6 till 7. And then from 7.30, it'll be the full wrestling show. Go over to WrestleTalk Live, I WrestleTalkLive.com. WrestleTalkLive.com. The link will be in the video description below. Head over there to get your tickets now. And we'll, you know, we'll chat with everyone. It's not just like, you know, you have to do a meet and greet thing. No. We'll shill merch, sure. Yeah. But, but we're just, I'm, I'm, I'm there to watch wrestling. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it, uh, hopefully. And it's part of 
It's sponsored by Wrestling Travel, so a huge thank you to them. And it's part of a larger partnership with the Fight Network. So a huge thank you to all of those people who have made it possible. Really excited. It's a month away from today. It's our Valentine's Day gift to you. Oh, yeah. The opportunity to come and see us. Happy Valentine's Day, man. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, right, so my favourite story of the week is not that big announcement, which you know really should have headlined this, is um, the, the story that Becky Lynch did an interview mm. uh, this week saying that she believes she should be the highest paid wrestler in WWE. Yeah. So the, as it currently stands at the moment, Becky and Charlotte are the highest paid women in WWE. Ronda Rousey is as well. She's still on a contract. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So those three. But Charlotte and Becky are the most... Okay, so I'll rephrase that. They're the highest paid regular uh, stars in the, uh, women stars in the company at about a million dollars. That's what their contracts are apparently uh, rumoured to be. Ronda's is way more because she's Ronda Rousey. Uh, but Becky is sort of like making these points that... Lesnar's paid way more than she is, and he's barely there. Edge just signed a three million deal at, for what, like five dates, like mm. five wrestling matches. Whereas Becky has been, you know, she's there every single week. Not only that, but she is now headlining shows. She headlined WrestleMania. She's the main event on TV a lot of the time as well. And she is paid a lot less than the top guys, top regular guys in the company that are there every week. And it is this pay disparity between men and women that is worldwide over. It's not just in the wrestling industry. This is like an unfortunate sort of an institutionalized thing across all, uh, across all industries that Becky is now trying to change. And she is making that argument that I should be paid more because I'm doing the same amount of work that everyone else is. Mm. It's an interesting interview because it is quite clearly in character. But that doesn't mean she's not feeling those sentiments that she's saying. Yeah. I, I, I find it... Because in, in, the, in the interview, she says, I go out there and I see people buying my merch, wearing my T-shirts, chanting my name, coming to the show specifically to see me. And you look at Raw, and you know, she hasn't had the best booking over the last year, but like you said, main event in WrestleMania. She was the focal point of last Monday's episode with Shayna Baszler. She is the top, like a top star on Raw. Yeah. Brock Lesnar, Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, you know, that's, those are your top three. Those are the top three. Drew, and now Drew in there as well. Drew in there as well, yeah. But I'd still put Becky Lynch in terms of merchandise. And, yeah, yeah. you know, you cut to the crowd. People are wearing the man t-shirt and stuff. So it's, it's, it's baffling to me how there's such a large gap. Because a bunch of numbers came out late last year. It's always difficult to tell on these financial reports because stuff that was reported last year might actually pertain to figures that... A 2017, yeah. just because accounts are like delayed. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you do your year accounts the year after, and then they come out the year after that. But on this, on those figures, Seth Rollins was being paid 3.5 million dollars a year. <coughs> Dolph Ziggler was being paid 1.5 million dollars a year. Yeah. And the the latest news in December January was that Becky had signed for 1 million dollars a year. I'm like, if that's 2020 money, and I'm looking at the figures for three years ago, essentially. How the hell is Becky not making the same amount as the equivalent guys? I know people, Edge, Brock Lesnar, John Cena, they're different. I don't think, you, you can't like really standardize pay for people who have made such a big name value. Exactly, like Tyson Fury was paid way more than Becky is being currently paid for that one match that he did, but that is Saudi money. Yeah, if, if, if you start saying, well, you know, Brock Lesnar, should be paid the same as Becky Lynch because he's not. You're missing. You're missing how showbiz works. You can't. You know. He's he's got a genuine name value. But 
That isn't to say Becky Lynch and all the women should fall outside the top 10 most paid people in the company, which is what it looks like. It completely I, is. I think it's, it's hugely hypocritical considering all the front-facing work they've done to supposedly advance women's wrestling. Exactly. It's, it's the institutionalised sort of sexism that unfortunately is, <coughs> is pervade across all forms of industry, not just in, in entertainment, in loads of different mm. areas. It's just it's, it's one of those really unfortunate things. And I, I agree with you. I think that, that Becky and Charlotte really uh, should be paid way more than they currently are. They should be paid the same amount as the top regular. Yeah, totally, yeah. Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles. They should be getting that kind of money. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, a few years ago when the women weren't being pushed in this way, that doesn't, yeah. I, they weren't selling tickets. Yeah. But now they are. It's like they're, they're a proven draw, I think. Completely. So it's, it's a real shame. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, so if you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our pledge hammers on Patreon at any dollar amount and leave a comment in the community section labeled mailbag. Do not email me, I will just lose it. Our first one comes in from Ket, who said, What's up, WrestleTalk? Whose reign of terror was worse and why? Triple H or John Cena? I'm going to say Cena. Because at least Triple H built up Batista, Randy Orton. Yeah. And I'm Flair was fun. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think it was Cena's. It was interesting, actually. I was looking at, they were talking about sort of the history of. WrestleMania in LA mm -hmm. because that's where it's going to be next year. And Meltzer was kind of going through the years that they were in LA and talked about the the last time they did the WrestleMania Goes Hollywood, which was WrestleMania 21, I believe. Um, and that was Triple H Batista for the title, and that did over a million buys. Wow. The time the most successful WrestleMania ever, and that was not through 
Donald Trump, it wasn't through The Rock and John Cena, that was just through them building up a star that people were super into. Turns out it can work. Uh, Matthew Dennis, hey WrestleTalk, it's been three years that I've been watching you guys. I started watching after the Royal Rumble 2017. I'm a mechanic in the US Army, and oh. you guys give me things to listen to when I'm laying under a truck for seven hours wow. trying to fix it. That's My, a real job. That is an actual job, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hats off to you, so metaphorical hats. My question is, what can WWE do to turn around the ratings? It seems that no matter what the ratings are, they keep going down. Rating uh, Raw has got a lot better in the last few months, and yet the numbers keep declining. I think that most people are just losing interest and nothing will bring them back. I give it five <coughs> years and Raw and SmackDown will be doing the same numbers as NXT and AEW because that's the number of non-casual fans. What do you guys think? Thank you for your time. I think the only thing you can do is keep putting on a quality product. So Raw has been fantastic since the Royal Rumble, but in the grand scheme of things, that's three weeks, right? The, the, everything before what like everything before the Rumble was fun, but it wasn't great. You still had all the Bobby Lashley, Lana Russo stuff. So you, you've got to have like half a year of good, really good shows. The word spreads viewer habit starts to build, and then in six months' time, that's when the ratings will go up. But every time WWE does go on an upward trend for this sort of stuff, they lose patience about six weeks in. Yeah. I am just constantly on the edge of my seat, just waiting for Raw to have that crap episode. Because I've, <laughs> I've, lived, I've lived through so many versions of this, where I'm like, oh my god, Raw's the best it's ever been. And then as soon as I say that, the week after, right back to old habits and it's dead for ages. There was uh, the last period of time when Raw was doing very bad ratings um, was in that sort of like 1995 period just before sort of Nitro kicked in and sort of reignited the wrestling world again. It was, you know, it's that methodology of sort of like, let's put on the shows, let's keep doing what we're doing, people will come back. And what made people come back was something getting hot. And that was the NWO. Yeah. The NWO got massively hot over in WCW and that sort of ignited this sort of passion for wrestling that went across both shows. And then you had the Austin, you had Austin and The Rock and that alongside with the NWO and then Goldberg, all of a sudden you've then got millions of people watching. So really what you need to do, like you say, is just sort of keep going with the shows you're doing. Continue to just put out the best product you can and hope that something catches fire. Because as soon as something catches fire, that's when the people, that's when you pour in the casual audience. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Walton. So we know that Matt Riddle is Michelangelo. What <laughs> other wrestlers are the rest of the Turtle family? Yeah, I don't know that. I just know them as colours. <laughs> <laughs> you, you tell me their actual character traits. Well, like, well, I mean, it's all in the theme song. So Raphael is cool but rude. Michelangelo's a party dude. Leonardo leads. Donatello does machines. I got that in the wrong order, but Donatello yeah. does machines. Tucker from Heavy Machinery. <laughs> <laughs> no, because no, because Donatello's the smart one. Right. So you need to have your, your smart character in there. Um, I, I'd say that John Cena is Leonardo. Um, what does he do again? He leads. Right. Um, who is cool but rude? So, uh, Kevin Owens would probably be uh, Raphael. Good shout, yeah. Very broody, uh, miserable, mm -hmm. sort of curmudgeon character. Donatello is the tricky one because you need to find out who is that sort of like the brainiac mm. of, of the group, if you will. Not the Superman villain. Eric Rowan's old gimmick. Yeah, you go. It's there Eric Rowan's old gimmick. Really, I mean, we've, we haven't covered Venus de Milo. We haven't covered Splinter. But, you know, you get the idea. Uh, a cheeky pint with the boys, Leroy. Now, I think uh, this is, this isn't really a question. Mm. But it is a very lovely story, so I will read this. Hey, Ollie, Luke, and everyone at Rest Talk. I wanted to take some time to tell you my greatest dream since I was a toddler and watched my first and watched the first WrestleMania in 1985. Wow. That was to attend a WrestleMania. I actually lived that dream last year at WrestleMania 35. 
Living in Australia, such a dream was always going to be expensive, but my partner of five years also had a dream her entire life of going on holiday to New York. So about a year before Mania 35, we decided life is too short to not do something we've always, wanted, uh, we've always dreamed of doing. When it was made official that WrestleMania would be at the MetLife Stadium, we saved every penny we could and spent 30 plus hours traveling from Australia to New York. We did so many of the tourist things, even climbed the stairs of the Statue of Liberty. But the most important thing I did was to propose to her at the top of the Empire State uh, Building, and to my elated joy, she, she said yes. yes. So on the day of WrestleMania 35, I was sitting there next to the love of my life, who is now my fiance, uh, living the greatest dream of my life, and she was also living hers after spending 10 days in the Big Apple. I can tell you this my whole life, I've known and enjoyed wrestling, and it's, it's part of the amazing memories I now share with my fiance, who also became a diehard wrestling fan. For all the ups and downs the industry's had over the decades, I still love pro wrestling and truly glad I live in a universe where it exists. Thank you all so kindly for your content and the men you are in life. You are truly inspiration examples of what it means to be men of honor, and I wish you all the <laughs> happiness and joy that life can bring. You've succeeded both professionally and even more so in life. Thank you, keep up the amazing work. Have a cheeky pint on me. Oh, thank you, Leroy. That's a lovely message. Yeah. I like the idea of being a man of honour. <laughs> but yeah, congratulations. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Quite belated. Very belated. I suppose you're married now. Yeah. Um, ben Johnson, just a quick one, lads. Can you see Champ and Gargano both losing <clears throat> at TakeOver Portland and reforming DIY with a story that they can only win together and thus bringing a much needed lift to the tag team division? I can see it happening. I don't think it will, though. I, I'm, you've sold me on the NXT undisputed era, lose everything and kind of implode storyline. Yeah. Go and watch our wonderful predictions video for more on that. Yeah, watch me be mad awkward. <laughs> uh, Stu Duffy, all right guys, Andrade, Cesaro, Sheamus, Rusev, Asuka, Aiken, Rezar, Neville, Walter, now Murphy. All foreign, all heels, all single names. Thoughts? Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, Roman Reigns has two names, Seth Rollins, it's, I think it's more coincidence, correlation rather than causation, but it is an interesting trend. Yeah. Independent Taiwan, since WrestleMania is going Hollywood again, I think it would be fun for WWE to do the trailer things they did for Mania 21. So here's my question. Which current stars would you guys use and what movies would you be parodying? Something like Seth tells Becky, we'll always have extreme rules, then turns to Buddy Murphy and says, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Or just let the fiend do the Tyler Durden monologue. <laughs> oh, and happy Valentine's Day, everyone. This year, I will be one. Uh, I will be going one-on-one -on -one with a big one. Hey. Sadly, hope you guys are doing better than me. Have a big one on us. Yeah. Big one. Um, so. Uh, this is a great question, though. I wouldn't have the fiend in it, though. As much as, like, the idea of the fiend, it's... Do you remember when Fiend had the opening for one of the pay-per-views? I think it was TLC. And we were yeah. like, in kayfabe, this makes no sense. I totally agree. So I'd take the Fiend and Bray Wyatt out of this equation just for character-wise, even though I think it would be a lot of fun. Well, because you could do the Mr. Rogers, Tom Hanks, My Neighbourhood. I can't remember yeah. the name of the movie. It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. Yeah. You could have him do that. That would fit the best. In terms of other characters... Owens. Oh. Owens has got to be part of this. Doing. What would he do, though? He should do. Oh, I haven't thought about that. I just know that he'd be perfect. <laughs> the New Day is also like the first group I thought of, like guys to do a good yeah, parody yeah. of something. I think John Cena should do all the Rocks movies <laughs> because it's yeah. kind of what he's trying to do anyway. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really good one. Um, well, there should be a lot of superhero stuff in there, to be honest. Yeah, so doing like the Avengers. Yeah. Essentially, just do like the End Game um, on your left. On your left, Chad Gable as Ant Man. <laughs> Sorry, Shorty G. Sorry, ah! 
Blanvier uh, kept playing the clip where he says. It was the first time he'd seen it. Oh. The first time he'd seen Shorty G say his name for the first time. And he was like, oh man, he's dead inside. <laughs> um, Bobo Jacobo, hello, Wrestle Talk team. New patron, hey. Bobo Jacobo here. I bet you pronounced my name wrong. Oh, we don't know. It looks like it's Bobo Jacobo. But what other way could you say it? I don't know. Um, my question is, since AEW consistently wins the Wednesday Night Wars, do you ever see WWE putting Raw and SmackDown on Wednesday nights just to win? No. Uh, no, yeah, I don't know if it's their decision. That's a network choice. USA yeah. Network want them on Mondays, and Fox wants SmackDown on Fridays. But I think this has been quite, it, it's been a sort of a talking point since the announcement of Wednesday Night Dynamite and NXT going on to USA Network. A lot of people think it's WWE and AEW's choice of like what day shows go on, and it's not, it's all down to the network. Mm. Like AEW originally wanted to be on Tuesday nights, that was their plan. but. TNT were like, no, no, you're going on Wednesday nights. That's the slots that we've got available for you. Plus, Raw and SmackDown are actually quite demographically different audiences. They wouldn't harm AEW viewership, I think, the same way NXT would. Yeah. Is that those two promotions are competing for the same... Well, they're, they're trying to compete for the same one. NXT ends up skewing a lot older, but... Uh, Alex Kirkman, I'm calling it now. Remember the hardcore battle royal that took place at WrestleMania 2000? Oh, do I. That's going to happen at WrestleMania this year, but with a 24-7 title, which I'm not totally against, to be honest. There's your multi-man match, and it's something slightly different. You just, well, you're going to have the battle royal anyway, with the Andre the Giant thing. Update just on, pop it in there. Update on that. So, you know, we had that super chat on Monday that kept saying about armbar, mm. and then said it's the Andre the Giant. Apparently, armbar is like an internet shortage of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Yeah? Apparently so. That's what someone told me on Twitter. How? <laughs> I always change the word. Andre Memorial Battle, B-A, never heard Royal. that. And I would like to think I'm pretty up on wrestling internet speak. Yeah. Wow. But let's uh, all remember that um, hardcore battle royal that took place at WrestleMania 2000 is garbage. Uh, Jobber JJ, happy Valentine's Day, Swap Nation. I love you guys, especially Ollie. A few weeks ago, I asked you how to become a wrestler. I'd like some advice on a few things. Where do I go for training? Who should I listen to? I live in Bista, so I don't think there's a wrestling to go to. Many kind regards. Have a love, love, lovely day. Where's Bista? Let's have a look. Yeah. Oxfordshire. Yeah. Uh, Oxfordshire. So what you're about to see, Jobber JJ, is us to uh, use Google, which is all this available. This is what you could use. It's, it's available to everyone. Wrestling at Oxford. UK it's, wrestling, uh, but that might schools. is that like Greco Olympic wrestling? Let's find out. Um, MMA gym. There's a lot of uh, MMA stuff they're talking about yeah. there. You may have to travel. Um, yes. Yeah. That's part of becoming a wrestler. And I would and it's say it's a lot easier in the UK than America because you have to travel so much further. And Google the name Rampage Brown yes. to be your trainer. That is who I would recommend. Yeah, they do train. Rampage does training camps, so you could actually combine it all into one chunk. New Breed Wrestling Associate. Most wrestling promotions tend to have training classes attached to them. Yeah. Uh, there's New Breed Wrestling Association that seems to be local to you in Oxfordshire. It's in Banbury. Uh, but yeah, probably get a. Best thing you can do if you're starting out to be a wrestler: learn how to drive, get a car. Yeah. You will get a lot of bookings yeah. if you can drive purely because you'll be made to pick up other people. And drive people home. There you go. Martin Harmon. Hi, Luke. Ollie previously stated he likes buying more expensive joggers as they're more ethical. 
there's the joggers. My question is, would Ollie buy Primark joggers and then donate the, <coughs> the difference to children of third world countries? So we would still receive the same quality joggers, but it would be more of an ethical transaction. Mm. Would love to hear yours and Ollie's thoughts. That is a really, really interesting philosophical question because what you're suggesting there is essentially carbon offsetting uh, guilt. Yeah. Right? Um, so that you would you would be contributing towards some harm being done as as opposed to the way I am trying to do it where I am paying for no harm to be done or minimizing the harm that's done. So no, I would say ethically that is the worst way to do it. But that's the beautiful thing about ethics. It's all up for debate. Yeah. I think they're all made in the same sweatshops, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, Chris, if you guys could choose one NXT wrestler to have a match on the main card at WrestleMania, who would it be? Who would it be against? And what kind of match would it be? Cheers, lads. Ladder match. <laughs> well, just, what, first so off. one person having their own ladder match. I'm going to work backwards from that. <laughs> yeah. Ladder match. Uh, so it's going to be... Well, it's Keith Lee. Keith Lee, not in a ladder match. Keith Lee versus... Goldberg. Uh, I am going to say uh, Pete Dunn, Tyler Bates. Oh, I see. But he said one NXT. No, I know, but I'm changing the rules here and I'm picking okay. two. Um, yeah, other than that, Adam Cole versus Seth Rollins I think would be fun. Um, as sort of like the leader of their two factions um, would be a good collision. Mm -hmm. But I just think like putting, you've got Pete Dunn and Tyler Bates under contract. It is effing stupid that they are not part of Raw and SmackDown. If you just look at the last few months, though, I think Keith Lee's got the most momentum. He Absolutely needs right. to, that needs to be taken advantage of. You're not wrong there. Drew Porter. Hey, boys, just finished listening to the AEW podcast and also how you said Pac has to win against Kenny Omega. But my dad would disagree hmm. because he believes Moxley will beat Jericho and Kenny will beat Pac, then lose the tag titles to set up the story of Moxley versus Omega, calling back to the dark match with a stipulation where, uh, stipulation somewhere. But I prefer your opinion. What do you think of my dad's opinion? I mean, it's, it, that's, that's the great thing about AEW and that they've set up so many stories and mini feuds that a lot of different things could happen and it's still an interesting path to go down. Mm. Um, so I don't, I don't uh, think that's a bad idea at all from your dad. I would just prefer that next year. I, now is not the time to take the title off Jericho. Yeah. Uh, Callum, hey guys, I'm back on Patreon. Hey. Do you think Undisputed Era are going up to the main roster on the Raw after Mania, and who should each one of them feud with? And this is Callum's suggestions. Mm. Um, Fish and O'Reilly go for the tag champs, strong after the US champion, Cole for the Universal Championship, they all win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. If I was to debut, I would put them on Raw. Um, and I, I feel like they are, I don't think there's anything left for them to do in, in mm. uh, NXT. I think that it's actually a bit of a waste of them now. So moving them up to the main roster, I think, is, a, is a, the right move. Yeah. Um, but I'd rather them be on... I'd just rather them be on Raw at the moment. So That's we a, can watch it. Well, yeah, and also because SmackDown's a bit of a boring show. Flaming Clive, it's Valentine's Day. So if you had the chance to go on a date with any current WWE or AEW female star, who would it be and what would you do? What would you do with her is the, well, the wording. I, I, I don't think I they meant it that way. No, no, I, I altered it for that reason. <laughs> So I'm going to go for personality. Who would I get along with? Who would I? Who do I think I'd get along with most? I think I've got an answer for this one. Go on then. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to pick Ember Moon, and we're going to go to a board game cafe. That's cool. Yeah, play some D and D. Yeah, I mean, yeah, or just play any any good tabletop game. Purely again based on personality, Peyton Royce. <laughs> 
And what are you going to do? Because you and Peyton have got so much in Go common, obviously. Beach. Yeah, yeah. Go to the beach, <laughs> hang out, and. <laughs> Uh, Frank Patello said, okay, follow-up question from last week since you guys had different uh, tastes in drinks. If you each had a bar competing Ooh. against each other, what would your signature drink be and what would your drink be called? Uh, also, what would the uh, rep uh, respective bars be called? So I kind of already have this. Mm. So if you listen to our podcast, we're currently talking about our realistic dream jobs that we've never actually done. They're sort of like your flights of fancy. Mine was to open up a cafe called Cafe 90s. So I would think I would just kind of like extend that out into just be bar 90s. It's mm -hmm. like a little offshoot of it. And the then next door is literally called bar 90. Yeah, that's because yeah, it's 90 in the, in the street. Like it's on, <laughs> number 90. Like mine is Where bar, did I get this idea? <laughs> mine is bar 90s because it's around the decade of the you 90s. You should pitch it to them. Just be like, it's not going to be that much to rebrand it. We just need to put Dude, an S. on there. Get some TV screens, <laughs> just put films on. Put Jurassic Park on loop and you'll be right. Yeah. Uh, I would much prefer that. They just play a lot of obnoxious dance in there. Oh, the yeah, yeah, it's very loud. Uh, I would well, bizarrely I'd, laid out. I'll go with my 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 sort of dream thing. I'd have the comic book cafe with a podcast, the podcast screening room at the back. But I'd also have a bar. It turns into a bar thing at seven p.m. Yeah. But what's your drink? So because we are competing mm -hmm. bars now, what's your drink of choice? Well, I like darker. Porter's Stouts, mm -hmm. but I don't think that's going to be a mainstream success. I don't know. You got. I mean, because like, when you say it's a signature drink, it's. Got, I feel like it. Ooh, cocktails. That's what it's. It's got to be a cocktail. It's a cocktail bar. Yeah. There so it's go. got to be. A, if it's a signature drink, it's got to be some form of a cocktail. Mine's going to be <laughs> gin based because I like a gin based cocktail, and I would try and make it as silvery as possible. And I would call it, or I mean, I don't want to say as grey as possible because that makes it sound like it's a dull drink. But it's make it as silver as possible so it looks cool, and that would be the PlayStation. Silver's not cool, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's, that's a, a private that, joke. That's a private joke. Um, you might remember that line <laughs> if you've made it this far into the video. Remember that. Remember um, that line quickly. I've got well, okay, so I've got one more. Uh, uh, email I would like to do. We have got an only because this email came in um, to me this morning or two hours ago from, and I know he's a pledge hammer, so I'm going to read it out here. Uh, this comes in from Abnahab. He says, Hey, Ollie and Luke, I was listening to your AEW review and I must say, I'm disappointed. <gasps> you guys mentioned that WWE doesn't debut stars below 30, and let me tell you, it's not right! Tons of stars have made their debuts under 30, most in the women's division, like Paige, mm. AJ Lee, the Bellas. And if it comes to guys, you've got Miz, Morrison, Ted DiBiase, Cedric Alexander, Kalisto, Ollie's brother Cody, and so much more. Of course, they have had 30 plus guys as well because they are veterans, and it's not like AEW doesn't also have veterans. You might make a point saying that all the guys mentioned were in the 2000s and not 2010s, uh, but you've got Neville, Tyler Bate, Pete Dunne, Velveteen Dream, Lars Sullivan, Tyler Breeze, and so many more. Just because you guys like a company doesn't mean you can stop looking at the other company's history. This is why some people say you are biased. And another reason AEW has younger talent is that veterans want to sign with WWE. You can't blame WWE for that. This might come off as a little rambly, but if you guys want to end tribalism in your channel, it's best you stop comparing them. For example, I love Laurie's NXT review because for a few weeks he doesn't rate them. That's a genius move, as it stops people arguing and it doesn't look biased at all. I'm sorry if this email is harsh, but I had to get it off my chest. Well, thank you very much for the, because Ab Abner have 
emails in a lot, so that was, and it's, it's, I think that comes across a lot more aggressive than he intended. Oh, I mean, there's lots of exclamation marks <laughs> in there. Uh, I, I do get what you say. Um, the 2010 wrestlers that have debuted, you know, you look at them, most of them are in NXT, so I, I was particularly talking about the main roster product. That was it. I think what Abner has got, it was he missed context of the point we were making mm. originally. And the people who are, you know, below 30 when they debuted in WWE on the main roster were misused and haven't been made stars. Whereas I look at AEW and they are putting a lot of stock behind younger guys, MJF, Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy only really debuted in PWG last year and he's now on TV a lot. So it's just like, it's a, it's a real commitment to talent at the early part of their career when they can innovate more, before they get hammered into a certain style. So maybe you're right, you know, when you really look at the nuts and bolts of it, the wording of WWE main roster stuff does debut people under 30. But I wouldn't say it's a commitment to the next generation's style of wrestling. Yeah. WWE is always seemingly playing catch up with what the indies are doing. That, and that's kind of the point we were making, was that in the, during the Anshu era, they were putting these younger stars on Raw and being like, this is the future of this company. <laughs> At the moment, they're not putting Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate on Raw and saying like, this is the future of this company. They are just being, you know, they're in developmental. They're being developed into a WWE uh, star. So it is, that, and that's kind of the, the point that we were making. It's not that WWE don't have younger talent. It's just that they are not, they're, they're putting them into their developmental system. Yeah, like look at, um, so Drew McIntyre feels fresh. He's 34. Yeah. He's, he's a, over a decade older than MJF. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. That, that's so that, the point, that's we're, the point making. we're making. So you're seeing Parasite for your Valentine's Day treat? Yeah, that's the plan. Sunday, well, well, well I ordered from my fancy food delivery service some champagne truffles. Some champagne supernova. Champagne truffles. Email, direct email marketing. I feel like I've become very susceptible recently. That's who, that's who they're after. I know. You've become that person. I think that because I, I would always just, you know, I wouldn't subscribe to newsletters. Oh, I'm a I quick unsubscriber Delete of those. them. But then uh, the last month, I didn't even consciously realize it until these champagne truffle chocolates arrived. I'm suckering into all of them. Oh, mate. I got the, uh, I get, you know those shoes I brought in? Not not the the finger shoes. No. But the, the blue shoes? I remember your blue shoes. Blue shoes! The, the colour of the year. Not blue shoes. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, yeah, just really hard feet. <laughs> no, it was the... These are to give uh, women lady bones. Mm. Pantone, Pantone's colour of the year. I thought, oh, that sounds good for 2020. I just bought them. I didn't think about it. And they arrived three weeks later. I have no need for them. They're summer shoes. I subscribed to a, I mean, I didn't subscribe. I used a subscription service for a Christmas present um, for my wife. And because I only really wanted it for that one month, I then had to, I canceled my subscription. And I got an email back from them that was just like, we're really going to miss you. And it was meant to be sort of like this sort of personalised email that had been sent by someone. It was like, hello, Luke, we're really going to miss you, but thank you for being a, a customer with us. Um, you can still spend your zero recruit points. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're a robot. This, a actually, this actually means nothing. Ah, oh, did you start reading it thinking, oh, wow, they've taken the time to write me a personal email. 
zero no, points. No, I just it made me laugh because it was like, yeah, there's not actual people really working here. This is all just an automated system. And I know those automated systems because I used to code those automated systems in a previous life. Nerd. <laughs> You and your lady partner watched the first episode of Picard? No, recently. we were going to. So because I, we're, we're looking for a show to watch, she is recommending the OA. Uh, I've heard it's good, but it got cancelled after the second series, so a lot of got, people are annoyed. I think it got cancelled after the first series as oh, well, wow. so it's like one of those shows where it's like, no one watched it, then it gets cancelled and there's uproar. <laughs> um, uh, so she is thinking we might watch that, so we might give that a go, but I'm quite into watching Picard, but mm. she asked the question, do I have to have seen TNG in order to appreciate it? So I text you saying, does she have to? And you said, does she know who Data is? That's all you need to know, really. And they, they put that over a lot in the show. Of course, if you've watched all of Star Trek, you'll get a lot more from it. That's what I said. Um, I was Because we watched the trailer, she's like, the trailer looks amazing. Mm. Like, she's so into it. I think she's just a bit worried that she's going to be spending a lot of time asking me, who's this? What's that connected to? Why are they talking about this? because it would have been, you know, some reference to season three, episode four of TNG. A lot of the stuff, they create their own lore. You know, they, they've, they've created the reason why Picard had to step away, and that's all told in flashbacks. But that's new material. That's not yeah. part of, to my knowledge at least, existing canon before Picard. I really enjoyed it. I It's annoying. I can't remember if I told you this. It's annoying how much action gets in the way of the boring sitting you down did, talking. Yeah, you did, yeah. 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 Because it's like, Picard, you don't need to do action, man. No. You don't, like, they, they, they have one character that is solely there as a tick box, but we need our three-minute action sequence to compete with the DC Arrowverse. Because we, we were on the tube when we were talking about this. Is when yeah. we were on the way to see Sonic, I think. And I said, it's like Logan. Logan was a better movie before it suddenly was like, oh, we've got to be a comic book movie, though, haven't we? But halfway through that movie, suddenly James Mango was like, oh, whoa, oh, is this a comic book movie? Yeah. Well, we better start having some comic book action in there. Bring in another Wolverine! Oh, I hate that bit. I feel like I'm the only guy who didn't like Logan because I'm done with other Wolverines. <laughs> it happens in every Wolverine movie and most of the X-Men movies. Yeah. How can we beat Wolverine? Get another Wolverine? No! <laughs> Um, so, but Parasite on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, are you excited? Oscar-winning movie. I'm very excited, actually. Can I, I mean, I've, I've told you this, but I'm going to put my cynical hat on here. I know we're all happy that uh. Parasite won, but let's be honest, it only won because there was so much backlash that they didn't nominate a woman. So, they've, they've given the awards to their first ever foreign language movie to win Best Picture and Best Director and be like, hey, look, we're not completely sexist and racist. We gave this person an award. So that methodology of thinking implies that there is just four people in a room who come up with who gets the awards. Which is how it works, because there is a panel. It's an, it's an academy. Yeah, it's an academy of a panel that is, it's not like a thousand people. You get sent out mailers and, and videos for, the, for your consideration. Yes. It's, there is a vote that goes on to decide the winners. Yes, but there are those people, the ones who make those final decisions, who have been very open about like they don't watch the movies or they haven't seen all of the movies that have been sent to them for their consideration, but they nominate them anyway because they believe they deserve to be nominated or, well, we haven't nominated this person in a while, so this person gets their nomination in. And they're very open and very mm. uh, you know, honest about that, that it is falsified 
hands shake and you know patting yeah. each other on the back being like yeah i mean you probably deserve this award martin scorsese because we haven't given you one before i think this this outro is just becoming the argument section now it's a bit longer and we've got a bit more free <laughs> reign it's but it's not just that like sure those people exist but it's a large academy like people who my someone i used to work with her father did a lot of the special effects for star wars hasn't worked in film for 30 years he's he's part of the voting panel but they're but, not the final decision makers. No, but they put forward the stuff. Yeah, and then there is the final decision makers that eventually decide who is winning and who is not. I don't, know. I don't think it's had so a, Had a Green Book win? Yeah. But then I'm asking, how did it win? <laughs> I don't know either. But I can tell you why it won. Because it is a story about race relations. Mm. And in America, they thought, well, this will be an important reason for this to win. Not because it's actually the best movie, but because it's probably important that it wins this year. So my point was, because the Academy got so much backlash this year by not nominating a, uh, a female director, that they were like, well, do you know what? let's give it to the one non-white person because that then really, that covers up a lot of the blowback that we get of it being mm -hmm. an all-white club. Yeah, they changed the narrative, I guess. That's exactly it's, it. It's they now changed the narrative. The, the conversation is all about, wow. How progressive they this, are. This film won. Yeah. First, I don't, I don't even see it's progressive. Is anyone saying it's progressive? I see most of the conversation being around, oh, a, f a foreign language movie won. It's a, it's a step in the right direction mm. is the way that it was framed. So their plan worked. The fascinating thing about Green Book it's not really about, you know, yeah, hey, black people. It's about a white man's redemption. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. the opposite, not the opposite, but it's, you know, it's not as uh, yeah. progressive yeah. as it seems. No, exactly. So that, that's why I think that it won. Um, otherwise, it probably would have gone to, I don't know, Scorsese again, maybe. Well, yeah. It's a, I, unfortunately, I don't think we're living through a great time for cinema. Oh, I disagree on that one. But the, I, I, I would disagree on that. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a it's a actual like it is a crime that and this is the other reason why I don't I don't like the Oscars. Um, Lupita Nyong'o should have got a nomination for Us. I'm not saying she should have won, mm. but she definitely because like what she did in Us was so much better than what Renee Zellweger did in Judy, which is every single biopic performance you've ever seen in your life. Lupita Nyong'o was actually doing something new, inventive and original in such a fantastic movie. But the problem is it came out shortly after the last year's Oscars. So it automatically is then not in in, in competition because it's too far gone. But so because the way the Oscars is, is, unless the movie's come out in the last three months and it's been specifically made for your consideration, it can't get nominated. You know what it's kind of like? And maybe this is why I don't really care. Is because I've always seen the Oscars as the Slammies. That's, that's exactly <laughs> it. It is the Slammies. And it's like, I it's don't, the Slammies I, of movies. It's it's a it's a it's an inherent sham yeah. of of a, an award ceremony. I don't really see the fuss of it because we're all adults and we all know what it is really. But then people do simultaneously say that and then get really, really, really excited about it. And the morning <laughs> after I woke up, and there was all the people who stayed up to watch it live mm. and were like just so excited that they were staying up to watch the Oscars. And I'm like, this is the Slammies. Mm. This is, and, but, and every, next year, those same people will be the same people complaining that the same films get nominated every year. Yeah. But then we'll still be like, but oh my God, let's watch it anyway. Well, I'm looking forward to Parasite. I'm Thanks so for making me feel bad about it. I'm not making you feel bad about it. I want to see it as well, but it's just not being shown in my local cinema. There's a, there's a lovely cinema. There's a, Unsocial times at the moment for Parasite. I can't find a good time I... for, for on on cinema screens for me. But the the Castle Cinema in uh, in in Honiton, 
where you have armchairs mm. and you can get cups of tea Ooh. as a 3 p.m. Sunday. Oh, oh, beautiful. Oh, yes. That's good. That's delicious mm. right there. I think it's, I'm waiting for it to, because now it's an Oscar winner, it's probably going to get a wider release than it, yeah. than it had previous. So I'm, I think it's probably going to be shown in my local cinema soon. Good. So I'll be able to go see it. I'm really looking forward to seeing it as well. I don't think it's going to be as good as Sonic the Hedgehog, but, you know, it can try. It can always... It can always try. Well, just like Wrestle Kingdom happening at the start of the year and you get all the best matches, Sonic's already been released. Well, released today. Yeah, released Happy today. Sonic Day. Oh, it's the it's the day I've been waiting for since <laughs> 1991. It's finally here in 2020. J it's worth seeing for Jim Carrey. Oh, he is. He's amazing. Absolutely incredible in it. Right, so do you want some emails? Uh, this one comes in from Scott about realistic dream jobs, who says, uh, Hi, Luke and the boys. What's lovely? Uh, what a lovely time. Uh, been listening since it was just Ollie, and he went back to some early videos to see how far the channel has come. Ollie was a lot more shouty and a lot more hoarse of the voice. I know. I, yeah, I, I used to think, before I found my style, that was me pushing the limits of my voice, and then I'd always have a sore throat. <laughs> so I've dialed it back a bit. My, uh, my realistic dream job stems from working in a place... Um, oh, I thought this was the same one we've had previously, but it's another burger van one. Whoa. Oh, no, you should get together. My re re I can't say this. My realistic dream job stems from working in a place called Ferg Burger in Queenstown, New Zealand. Humble brag, it's not international. Hmm. It's the best job I've ever had, so my dream would be to set up a gourmet burger van and tour it around the UK festival scene. Nice. Oh, it's good. He said, it doesn't sound glamorous. Oh, but it does. Oh, but it does, mate. But the nomad sense of freedom really seems enticing. Uh, could have something to do with being a mortgage broker, working 60-hour weeks, having a <laughs> wife and two kids, and just enough time to spare to listen to podcasts on 1.5 speed. Keep up the consistency of being consistent. That's from Scott. Thank you, Scott. That's a good dream. Oh, I love it. And if my festival experience is anything to go by, you can make a killing because everyone has just seemed to agree that you charge £9 minimum for anything. Yeah. You want an egg roll? Well, that's £9. That's a, but for American listeners, that's $100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there are thereabouts, yeah. yeah. And it is only, it's particularly in the South uh, that is seen to be a, an accepted way. Well, we have more money. Because the South is a rip-off um, because the UK government has completely destroyed the North. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. The Nate Porter has emailed to say, Hey Luke, Ollie, Pete, Andy and the rest of the talk gang. I want to update you on a few things um, that went... Um, how things went for our deliveries. And Nate has emailed in previously before. I just wanted to let you guys, everything turned out better than I could have possibly oh, imagined. Great. Even though my wife was in surgery for three hours due to a lot of complications, I'm happy to report Megan and baby Gracie are doing well and are home 10 days after being in hospital. Baby Gracie. I want to thank you for your amazing content and commentary over the last few months for keeping me focused on my job and also taking my mind off the stressful situation we went through. God is great and amazing. I truly believe that he is here for all of us and can make miracles happen. I've attached a picture of me and Gracie watching last week's resting as we caught up after a late night feeding. Thank you again. I look forward to your content and hopefully I can soon become a Patreon with you as well. And there, hold on, I'll load up computer. Come on, Gmail. <coughs> there he is. Ah, oh, Nate with a little human child. Oh, That's lovely. Congratulations, baby. man. Uh, if are you great. are just tuning into this podcast, Nate has, what was it, 28 children? Uh, <laughs> he's he's got he's a busy boy. Busy busy boy. Uh, it's like his tenth child, isn't it? I can't quite remember. It was something. Yeah, he definitely had loads. Uh, Nathan has emailed in uh, to say, "How's it going, Luke, Ollie, and the rest of the Wrestle Talk team?" As a pod swafter, after swagger, after swafter, swagger, <laughs> Bodger and swagger. swagger. 
Fledgehammer, Swath Thunder member, and all-round WrestleTalk Mark, I feel you guys are my family. So it's only fitting to share with you my birthday on the 11th of February. Which obviously you said yeah. this in uh, on that day. I feel privileged that I share one with Pete, uh, who I just heard recently <laughs> got engaged. Congrats. Was a good day otherwise with my partner who spoiled me with new uh, Earnshaw automatic watch, which I love. Wow. I don't know what that is. So an automatic watch is one that is wank powered. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. wow. You know, it's uh, it's the motion of the wrist, yeah, I yeah. believe. Uh, it sets the, the the little mechanisms going inside. And that's how you get the smooth motion. Mm. But how long does it power tick, it for? Like, so like, what would you have to be yeah, you have between to, charges? You have to wear it every day, really. Mm. I used to have, because I love... Uh, I had a lovely watch when I was younger, which because I'm I love the the way the second hand glides as opposed to a tick. Mm -hmm. um, but the yeah, you have to wear it every day. Yeah, my watch that I've got it's a watch that I got for my 18th birthday. Nice. And I've worn it every, Still going strong. I've worn it every, well, so, I mean, I had to have a new strap, and I think I had to get the, the battery changed in this. But it is still going strong. So I, I don't want it to be like Trigger with the, the... I've had the same broom for 30 years. It's had 14 different handles <laughs> and 12 different uh, tops. I can't have the metal link watches. No? Because I've got very hairy wrists. Oh, they get and, caught. And it gets caught a Yeah, lot. mine gets caught uh, sometimes yeah. as well. Also... Plus, uh, I think it's gaudy. <laughs> <laughs> It's also titanium because I'm allergic to metal. Titanium! As is my wedding ring. Uh, anyway. Um, You're allergic to what? Uh, other metals on my hands. So I can't wear like gold or silver or anything like that. I'm attack you with iron. So it's <laughs> rub it on you. So these are titanium. What about when you. What about cutlery? I don't know. It's, it's maybe it's on the top of my hands. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were to. It's weird, that isn't it? Hmm. But like that, as a, as a child, my mum used to like buy me watches. You know, that's when you're a kid. I used to get really bad rashes on my mm. wrist from the the back of the watch. Yeah. It's like whatever a super, the back of, whatever the back of watches are made out of. It's like how Bruce Willis in Unbreakable is uh, his weakness is water. Oh yeah. I your that. your weakness is metal. <laughs> so if I hit you with a steel chair, are you going to be okay? Well, I don't know. Laurie hit me with one. Um, maybe that's why it affected you so much. Yeah, maybe it did. <laughs> Not the concussion, because we did it wrong. <laughs> and he just hit me in the back of the head <laughs> with a steel chair. Anyway, um, uh, I don't feel like maybe I need Maybe wrestlers are allergic. Maybe they're all allergic to the steel chairs too. Yeah. If we had bamboo alternatives, or titanium chairs. <laughs> now we're talking. Right, here we go. Uh, I don't need much, but my story leads to my brother, Brock, the uh, Brock, the Brock, Brock. Fatty, who is one of our, uh, our pledge hammers. Um, he's the one who's been trying to battle uh, Pete on Pokemon. Anyways, we've had a great relationship over the years, and we usually like to give each other funny gifts. Uh, like Christmas uh, one year, he gave me a watermelon. A damn watermelon. <laughs> Anyways, we were out for dinner for my birthday last night at an Italian <laughs> restaurant, which took way too long to serve us. Long story short, we were the first customers there and almost got the last food. Anyway, digress. When my brother passed me my gift, he had gotten me two wrestling shirts. Not WrestleTalk shirts. Come on, man. Uh, one of them uh, I, he got quite easy, which was a little bit of the bubbly. And the other one, well, let's just say it took him a while, but he found it. So I guess I'll add a photo here and uh, I might wear it to a wrestling show event and see what happens. He hasn't attached a picture, unfortunately. Oh, so we, so we don't know what it is. Anyways, keep doing what you guys do. Make sure Chopper dances with a thumbs up party. Thank you guys for filling my week with quality wrestling content. Nathan, considering to upgrade to a $25 pledge hammer, batty. Oh, thank you, Nathan. I hope it's the APA always pounding ass. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, what's the jizz shirt? Oh, the, uh, there, was, well, there was two of them. Um, there was the Val Venus one. Yes. Um, which was written in jizz. No, no, sorry, the China one was a for China. 
Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Harrison on the subject of dream jobs. I'm currently in school in one of those blue collar jobs. I'm uh, getting my welding certification. Nice. Welding's a real job. It's that pretty sounds good. Cool. You get a shoot of fire stick at two pieces of metal, then you have one piece of metal. <laughs> what? Are you okay? Sorry? From the metal? <laughs> Couldn't do that, could you? I uh, couldn't, no. Uh, also, I'm, so itchy. I'm afraid of fire. Uh, anyways, my dream job would uh, be to have a paintball course. Oh, that's a good one. I have so many cool ideas. <laughs> As to what I would uh, do with it, uh, for instance, I think it would be awesome to have an old broken down school bus somewhere on the property with the front and the back open so you can get in, hide in the seat and get people uh, when they're close or snipe them out the windows. That's just one of my ideas. I've been to one like that. I spent all my time in that bus. Interestingly enough, my dad has a dream job as well. As long as I can remember, he has wanted to run a fireworks stand and call it Boom Boom Room. <laughs> we, seriously, boom boom room. <laughs> we seriously talked about doing it over the New Year period, but it didn't come to pass. Maybe one day. Have a big one. Harrison from South Carolina. Uh, Very seasonal. P.S. I will be sending you a ton of Rusev days from the Jericho cruise soon. Um, me and my wife... We've had two of these sort of dream things. We were going to open up a film festival that was also a beer festival and call it Real Ale, R-E-E-L. Good. Um, and we also had the dream of a uh, food truck that was doing... Um, you know you can make um, cups or you can make um, cupcakes in microwaves. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we were going to do that in mugs because that's the thing. is like it's mug cupcake thing. And we're going to call it Muggernaut. And we we're going to sell and do it like Subway. So you would like choose mm. what filling you get in your cupcake, what topping you get, and then you get given a mug. Oh, that's good. So yeah. the fast food, you're making cupcakes fast food. That's exactly it. Um, I, I, I'm, I, I'm enjoying our listenership's suggestions because I feel like they are all falling in a kind of more reckless <laughs> male direction, I, I, which is meat. That's a big focus. <laughs> yeah. Shooting stuff <laughs> and fireworks. Yeah, is that what we're? And, and mine's a digger. Yeah, mine's food related or beer related. Yeah. Um, and lastly, we'll just have this one from Drew. Uh, you also heard in this podcast. Um, so he emailed in with his dream job, and he said he would have to do it with his dad. Mm -hmm. And you said you wanted some more clarification yes. on that. Well, Drew has given us that uh, clarification. Hey, Ollie and Luke, I heard you talking about my email, so I decided I would respond uh, to you the reason why my dad would have to do it with me. I'll speak about that later in the email. The reason I thought of the PlayStation was because me and my dad went to a place in Glasgow called Super Barrio. Nice. Uh, and it was fun, but me and my dad left and only talked about how we could do it better. Ooh. So we've made a design for how we would set the room up and the colour scheme. So I'll let you know if anything happens. Uh, the reason I'm doing it with my dad is because me and my dad have always talked about starting a business for years since I was five and wow. being an only child. I didn't see my dad all the time. So for me, it would be good to spend time with him. Uh, and it's both the things my dad and I have in common. Cheers, lads. Uh, you don't know how much excitement I got. Uh, you read out my mailbag or emails. You're sincerely Drew. Have a big one with the lads. P.S. Sorry for the story about going into business with my dad. Was boring and anticlimactic. <laughs> no, you should do it, man. You should uh, get on that. Your dad sounds like he's got money to burn. <laughs> yeah. We're in the wrestling business. They're called money marks. <laughs> 
Tony Khan. Play with his money. Love this last one in from Martin who says, Hello Luke, Ollie, how are you? Hearing you guys talk about realistic dream jobs reminded me of my long-term plans, which I guess are similar to yours. As you know, I recently bought what me and my family intend to be our home for years. Living close to London means house prices are expensive for what you get. Bloody tell me about it. Our plan is to work until our kids move out, so probably 20 years or so, and then we'll sell up, move to Somerset, and work on a cider farm. Oh, nice. Working in an office, I, mean, I think what he's meant to say is working in an office doing sales, but uh, he's written this on his Huawei phone. I know that because it says at the bottom of the email, and it's also corrected it to read, working in an office, Doug Sales. Doug Sales. Doug Sales. Is stressful and not particularly fulfilling. Uh, so the dream of a quainter life keeps me motivated in the idea of working in cider and enjoying the literal Ooh. fruit of your labours. Sounds oh, nice. wonderful. On a side note, if you have any more pubic hair chat, you should call it Tales from the Bushwhackers. Well... Anyway, take Watch care, this Martin. space, and this space being my gooch. <laughs> right, I think we will draw it to a close there. Yeah. What a packed old outro that was. Filled with arguments, filled yeah. with mailbags. It's, it's the perfect, it's what people it's come what to It's what the outro is now. Please do tell us if this new form of more ridiculous outro <laughs> is of where, okay. Of where we essentially agree with each other but we argue about aggressive. Aggressive. <laughs> it's aggressive agreement. What aggressive agreements do you have with your friends? Email mm. and let us know. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow uh, with the SmackDown reviews. Pete and Randy doing their. I mean, I don't know what they do on their podcast. I'm no, sure it's not as cool as this one. Um, and then on Monday. Um, Nada. Nada. NXT Portland is happening, but sorry, folks. We've got a busy week next week, yeah, so week. we can't actually cover that show uh, because AEW pay us not to. Yeah. Um, but it's we'll just, be it's back just on Tuesday. We'll be back on Tuesday with the Raw Review. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.